Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's On Draft, the podcast where we each draft five picks around a prompt we've written from books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, tell us whose picks get the game day treatment. My name is Paul, and I'm joined this evening by my usual co-host, Cameron. Cameron, how's it going? Oh, it's It's been better. It's been better. This yeah. is kind of a sour, sour subject. We can get into that later. But uh, it'd be a lot worse. But we have my good friend Nate on the line here. Nate, um, third time drafter. The third time. You know, they say the third time is always the best time. That's what they say. Um, that old that old phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just ask my my last two ex wives. They'll support that. But uh, we we gotta we gotta think up, Paul. What do we give people when they come on five times? You know, SNL's got Ooh, that yeah, five yeah. timer thing. We gotta we gotta come up with like a yeah, like a we, like a master's jacket. We can mail to them or something. We can't afford a jacket. SNL, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Maybe they get one of those mugs that Michael had made. A, a mug be nice. Yeah. yeah, we have we have custom yeah. mugs. Um, yeah, we'll think of something. Maybe like a pen. <laughs> <laughs> A nice fountain pen. Just something that like your grandfather would have given you <laughs> thinking that it meant something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Is it too expensive to design watches? Probably. Yeah. Like a custom probably. watch? Probably. Yes. Uh, I think okay. probably that's a little yeah. pricey. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So Nate, how's it going? It's good. It's good. I'm just glad to be back. Like I said, third time. Um, okay. Good. Good. That's I was good. expecting something in the mail, but you know. Guess I'll have to wait two more times. Five, my man, five. And and one of them has to be not sports. We gotta tap you for a non-sports one. <laughs> um, but uh how's the how's the baby? She's good. She's seven months now and starting to sit up and really wants to move all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember when my son started to first slowly crawl and I didn't quite remember that. And like I went to the door like which is like 20 yards away and then i'm doing something and then i'm there and then i step on him he made it all the way to the door and i stepped on his hand and i'm like what is what am i stepping on and i looked down and my son's there and he's like "Ah." (laughs) that was when i was like okay i can't just walk off anymore so but uh that's great that's great good good uh good good news i don't see you posting a lot i'm not seeing you know a lot of a lot of pics on the the social media or anything uh pretty private life there huh <laughs> it's not on purpose i just not really on there much anymore okay well we'll, we'll put a we'll put a photo a family photo in the show notes and uh, that, way, that way everybody can see <laughs> people know yeah yeah no you know paul i said it was a sour subject you know me and nate illustrious graduates of the uh, university of nebraska at lincoln um had a wonderful wonderful game um in my dreams. And then they had a terrible game in real life over in, in Dublin. Well, you, that's really how, you know, the college football season is here is Scott Frost <laughs> is in a close game, hot seat, warming up. I mean, that's how, you know, the season is starting. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, little, you're back. You little tailgating, little beer, little <laughs> quarter, fourth quarter loss by Nebraska. <laughs> oh yeah. It's that time of year. It's fall. That's the, the first signs of fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long week uh, for me, not college football related. So you'll notice I'm not in my usual uh, recording that. place. That's because uh, so last week 
we went and visited my new baby nephew. That was a good time with family. Got to they got to hang out, see the newborn baby. Uh, however, while we were on the road, my wife and I both uh, came down with COVID. So I have been recovering from COVID for the past uh, week and a half. Hence, normally I go to my office, which is downstairs in my grandmother's house, but I don't want to risk any infection making it to uh, my grandmother. So instead, I'm sitting at our dining room table and uh, mostly recovered from most of the symptoms except for just extreme tiredness at this point. So uh, would not recommend COVID to people. I would say don't catch it. But, you know, uh, it is survival. It's, uh, Paul's hot take. That's <laughs> hot right. Take for the episode. That's right. Medical uh, advice. Yes. So. That's true. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so, yeah, so I'm here so I don't risk infecting anyone else by going to my usual office. But. Uh, and and uh, and uh, how long do you expect that to happen? Uh, it's, it's so according to the new CDC recommendations, if you get to five days and you don't have a fever anymore, uh, then apparently you should be not infectious if you just wear a mask, but you know, we're still symptomatic. And so that seems Mm. a little strange to me that we would not be infectious while actively having symptoms. So I'm with you. Just playing it safe. For sure. But, uh, yeah, it's been, um, like I said, mostly, you know, we had the cough. We had fever and chills for a few days. Uh, since then, it's just been very, very tired all day, every day, which is great. Three is this your first time? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. So yeah, made, so, it, yeah, made it two years. For, yeah, I'm, I'm still golden. And it was in my household. And I'm still... I'm still standing. Elton wrote that about me. That's what he wrote it about. Uh, yes. He, Specifically he about did. COVID. He <laughs> he looked forward into the future. Yeah. For some reason, didn't tell anyone about the pandemic coming up. He <laughs> kept that to himself, but he tried to warn us via song. Yeah. Just about Cameron, too. Just about Cameron, yeah. So, uh, that's right. Well, listeners, um, I guess if you have any uh, questions about COVID, you can send that to me but uh while we're on the subject of questions as is our new tradition we are going to kick off the top of the show with a little question and answer time Uh, We're just going to go back a couple of episodes here to the trivia episode. Um, So this was two episodes ago for the listeners. This was where I had some trivia questions and they, uh, the other contestants drafted answers to those trivia questions to see who could get the most correct ones onto their team. Um, And uh, the Q and a as usual answered by Jordan. Thank you, Jordan, for your uh, immense participation in the podcast here, but I asked um, the listeners, so, you know, nobody knew which were the correct answers. So they were having to give the logic as to why they were drafting something. And um, as they were drafting, I just asked the listeners who sounded the most persuasive, even though they ultimately were actually incorrect. So who basically had the best uh, wrong answer as we were drafting? 
Um, and Jordan said the uh, the adhesive versus adhesive dilemma also fooled him. Was his response? Nate, so. Nate question for you. Did you know there are two words in the English language, adhesive and abhesive, and they mean the opposite? No. Well, now you know. <laughs> if we ever make what's on draft t-shirts, that's one of them. Is <laughs> abhesive is, is going to be on the t-shirt. People are going to think it's a joke about abs, but really it's a joke about whether something is sticky or not sticky. So... Uh, thanks, Jordan. Listeners, if any of you want to break Jordan's streak of being the question and answer time uh, <laughs> answer of the day, all you need to do is leave a response to a question. You can find those uh, underneath every episode. For now, you have to be on the Spotify mobile app. Anchor you know, lets us run things through Spotify. So right now it just works on Spotify mobile. But if you're on Spotify already on your phone, you just scroll down. You'll see the question. You'll see a poll. You can vote for the winner of the draft. At the same time, if you're not on Spotify, but you do have the app on your phone, there is a link in the description that takes you right there, should open up the app and let you vote um, on the episode. So that is this evening's question and answer time. So as uh, Cameron alluded to up top, uh, when Nate is coming on, it's uh, typically been for a sports related draft. So Michael, not as into sports topics as the two of us are. So Nate is the ringer we bring in to handle our sports topics. And we are going to touch on one of the biggest sports topics this evening, which is college football. College football has been in the news a lot lately because conferences are uh, jumping ship like crazy, realigning. Uh, there's a cat on the screen, uh, uh, as always. Um <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a cat on the field look out it's my uh tryout there for color commentary while there's a uh uh incident happening on the field i think i nailed it um so we were thinking about conference realignment and of course um at this point you know teams are joining conferences it feels like conferences are just grabbing the biggest schools that are out there right and what they're not thinking about is whether these conferences make as much sense together, whether we're tearing apart rivalries that we all want to see continue. You know, anyone out there that wanted to see Texas and Texas A&M keep playing too bad, that ended uh, because we had these conferences sort of shuffling around trying to make the most money, get the most viewers right. So we were starting to think, what if we were in charge of setting up these conferences? How would we arrange our college football viewing? So that's what we're gonna be doing tonight. We are going to be drafting uh, teams for a new college football conference. Now, typically we make five picks each on the show, right? Now, if we each had a conference of five teams, that would be a pretty wimpy conference. Uh, and we want you all, when you vote at the end of the episode, to have sort of a full conference to make your decision on. So what we've decided to do is when our pick is up, we are going to draft two schools. Those schools are going to be rivals in our new conference. So that means the big Thanksgiving weekend game, right? If I draft uh, Rutgers and Colorado State as my first two schools, guess what? Thanksgiving, you get the big Rutgers Colorado State game every year uh, on your TV. So um, we're going to be drafting those rivalries. We're gonna be taking two schools at a time. That way at the end, we get, uh, we get a total of 10 teams in our conference, which is, 
a reasonable size for conference if you ask the Big 12, but not if you ask the Big 10, because that's what conference realignment has done to us. Okay, uh, fair does warning. Does that sound clear? Well, Nate, I think I explained it to you over text over several days, so <laughs> does that does that make sense? Paul and I talked a little bit beforehand. I mean... So you've done some pivoting. You've uh, you've thrown all your picks out, and you started uh, brand brand new. I mean, yeah, pretty much in the last half hour. So I feel like I really prepped for this. So that's great. That's the kind of dedication to get you a third draft. So that's right. I appreciate right. that. Hey, fair warning. I'm more focused on my rivalries than I am a cohesive <laughs> conference. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll kind of explain why I think the rivalries are so rich, you know? Yeah. It, you know, that's the, um, that's the thing. I think if we were strictly drafting for a cohesive conference, we'd probably just draft a lot of the traditional conferences that were just broken exactly, up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I think we want just a little more, uh, uh, all of us tend to draft. Uh, we want some variety so that we get more stuff to talk about. So I think um, you'll probably see, uh some some conferences with big geographic movements right which is uh, happening a lot anyway you've got usc now going to be you know joining into the big 10 so they're going to be the traditional big 10 type school you know la la hollywood the old the old big lineman in the in the midwest um and you know i i don't and, you know, this maybe this is a good time to kick off before we actually get into the draft, what you all think of sort of the conference realignment stuff um, in general. You know, are you kind of excited for new arrangements and new schools or uh, are you not a fan of these big super conferences that are forming? What What's your what's your general thoughts on the conference well, realignment subject? Nate's the guest. So let's hear from him first. What do you think, Nate? I think they might get to a point where there's just two major conferences and then almost like everyone else is going to be independent at this point. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it'd be very exciting if Oregon were to like join the big 10, you know, it brings a little bit of life to kind of a slow moving football conference. I feel for the most part, other than like Ohio state. So I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be really exciting, but I think, Five years down the road, if everyone's still doing it, it's going to be, like we said earlier, just the regions are just going to be so far out. It's Is that really a conference anymore? Mm-hmm. You have to travel halfway across the country just to play a football game. You have just to play a volleyball match. Well, you know? You know how other sports are going to survive, especially ones that don't really generate any money for the school. You know, Yeah, that, that was, was going to be the point that I raised, which is I wish – they would just separate out straight out of ball at this point and say, you have your own football conference, but for basketball, let's get the big East back. Right. You know, like let's get those schools like conference football realignment killed big East basketball, which was huge and, you know, raised a lot of revenue and uh, you know, that left a lot of schools behind that just didn't have good football programs. So they couldn't jump ship to the larger football conferences and football is going to be the driver because it makes the most money. But at this point, you know, USC volleyball can't be flying to Michigan all the time. Please. Uh, you know, like, yeah, it's just um, just not not going to work. Plus, there are some sports that are fairly regional, 
you know, like not, not every conference has great baseball teams. And so are you going to end up with places where baseball historically has been played a lot going to, you know, someplace that has like a killer lacrosse team and then just, it's just, you know, half the conference is just going to suck at each of the sports. I don't like it. I don't know. It's, I'm uh, just saying I cannot wait till USC has to send their curling team up to Wisconsin because <laughs> they're in for a rude awakening. Okay. <clears throat> um, my quick two cents is I have a feeling the norm will be conference con- consistently shifting. It's just, it'll be a norm, you know, Hey, we're going to go to this conference for 10 years and it'll just move and move and move. I think the only way to prevent that is if <clears throat> they created some sort of football only governing body that was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a league and we'll manage the league with, you know, maybe two conferences, maybe those conferences have divisions, you know, and maybe we'll allow for them to change at certain intervals, but there will be one league governed by the same, you know, you know, and, and I think what's really hindering it is the fact that you can't have a playoff. So for that reason, your conference is really dictating what you can do. Um, so, uh, you know, why not make football a year long sport? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, why, why not just play from September till March? Like, you know, it's yeah. pretty much the NFL season. What's the, what's the big idea? So anyway, that's, uh, that's what I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, you know, I think we've got a few years with some of the more recently announced, uh, division changing and everything. So we'll see where it goes, but good to to get our two cents in there at the beginning so nate as a returning guest you're aware of our tradition which is that the guest gets to select which spot in the draft order one two or three you want to be in so where are we going to slot you in for tonight's draft you know i i think for this one i think i'm going to choose third just to see what you two do first to see how you're setting up your conferences even though I think I've noted each time I don't like the back-to-back picks, but <laughs> just go for it tonight. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe you're just trying to uh, force yourself to get used to the back-to-back picks. You're adjusting. <laughs> you're going to acclimate. One day you're going to come to love the back-to-back. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners love it. You have to hear my voice for <laughs> picks. God, is this guy picking again? Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, do you have a strong opinion here on one or two? I'd rather go two, but go two. I'll, I'll flip for it if you want to flip. I'll let you go two if you want to. That's fine with me. But uh, don't steal my pick. I reserve the right Okay. to okay. cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just sort of get into it then. So the draft order is going to be me, Cameron, and then Nate with the back-to-back picks. And as a reminder, we're going to be doubling up on schools as we sort of go here. So um, I guess here I'll I'll have to get a little bit into – I had several ideas in terms of strategies, right? Did I want to be a little more geographically compressed? I think that probably makes the most sense for football. But as I said up top, I think that's a little less interesting to talk about. So instead, I think I'm going to be a little little diverse. I'm going to jump around. And – you know, what I started thinking about was what were some of the biggest markets, right? I want my league to generate a lot of interest 
in the sport. And so uh, with the number one pick here, I'm actually going to go for um, maybe not the one that uh, I, I would pick in terms of just which one I want to watch the most. But I saw a list recently of what were some of the most watched football teams in college football and was surprised at how well represented the Big Ten was um, at the top of the list. So I thought it would be pretty dominated by SEC schools. I've got the SEC bias. I'm drinking some grape crystal light out of the Razorback Cup here this evening. Um, so I do have that SEC sort of East Coast bias. But the Big Ten was really dominating um the the viewership records and not by a little bit by like a lot in terms of the number of eyeballs on tv and so i'm gonna go with uh the classic sort of big 10 rivalry the one that the two schools i think were number one and number four on the list that i saw of tv viewership which is ohio state and michigan as my first two schools here i'm i'm surprised i am surprised um but only because you picked it and you picked it first, but great rivalry. One of the few rivalries as like a young kid, I remember everybody still watched it, right? Even here around here, Ohio state, Michigan, got to watch that game. They're, they're quite often both very good teams tend to be very equal caliber. Those games are really great to watch. I think another thing that's underrated when it comes to rivalry is color scheme. I think some teams' colors just look good on the field playing each mm -hmm. other. And I think that deep blue and yellow against that um, bright red and gray looks really good. Um, and you love to see the red and the blue fans interacting. It just seems like a good um, a good team, um, good team color mix when they're facing off against each other. So um, surprise, but I agree with um, – yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I really thought you were going to go SEC first, to be honest. You know, just knowing, you know, kind of where you are. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I watched the Michigan-Ohio State game last year, and I would say that was by far my favorite game to watch overall of the whole football season. It was just yeah. entertaining from start to finish. You know, I'm a fan of Jim Harbaugh, so I just like watching him in the first place. But yeah, that's I think that's a great pick. And you know, I think that'd be very strong viewership. Like you said, I saw, you know, it was like the top viewership, you know, from the 2021 season. They're both very high up there. So that's you know, mm -hmm. kind of solidifies your, you know, audience, I think, for your conference at the top. Yep. Yeah. And it's um, you know, I uh like I said out that there are SEC rivalries that I'm probably tuning in. Uh, more with more interest throughout the season. Uh, but there's also a lot of SEC schools that I, I enjoy, you know, them playing each other. So I felt pretty good that uh, even with you guys having, you know, a total of eight schools coming off the board before it gets back to me, that I can still get some of that, that SEC football in there um, as we were moving along the board. Uh, but this one is, you know, really cream of the crop in terms of some of those, you know, the, the big 10, um, I mean, there's an obvious pick in the SEC too as well, but I like some of those second tier matchups as well. So I felt like this gave me some good options going forward. If I had been, um, 
you know, the second pick, uh, maybe I don't do this, even if Cameron doesn't take it with the first pick, but I think it makes sense as the, the overall top pick here. It's risky. Um, so Nate, I'm going to take Alabama, Auburn, you do Florida, Georgia. And then when you come back, you're going to do uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and then I'll do uh, or Ole Miss, Mississippi state. And then I'll do LSU, Arkansas. And then Paul, you can get whatever you want after that. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's, let's, um, yeah, I guess I could have gone LSU, Arkansas up top and righted the wrong. That is the sec front office, uh, kowtowing to A&M and losing the Arkansas LSU Thanksgiving game. But, uh, uh, I didn't make the Homer pick number one. Uh, so I'm interested Cameron and where you're going to go with your first pick here in that you have. Uh, you've plugged that you have some interesting rivalries in mind. So, oh boy, do I! Look, here's what I'll say: <clears throat> rivalries are not, um, like they're not genetic. There's not like, oh, that would be a good rivalry, and you can't know for sure. It just, it just happens or it doesn't happen. So, I think you can take two schools <clears throat> that don't seem to share anything about them, and if you have a couple of good games suddenly there's a rivalry, right? And if you do that for a decade or two, that's it. There's a rivalry, right? So I'm mostly going to be picking schools that you may not think there's a rivalry, but there should be, okay? So I'm, I'm not taking too many traditional. So you may need to watch out, Paul, because I may be grabbing one of yours, but not the other. So FYI. Um, so I'm going to use my first pick to to take, I think, my by my best two teams, my best two teams. So this will be these will be my flagship. These will be the powerhouses of the conference. Now in Thanksgiving weekend, they're going to be playing each other. Um, they're from very different parts of the country, um, so they're going to have to acclimate to both their weathers. Um, they're very different cultures, but they're both at times can be very very talented and very very powerful. This rivalry game will be called the Battle of Troy. It is USC versus Michigan State. Um, they will stream Troy the movie on the big screen the night before, and then they will play the game the next day. So we're taking the Trojans against the Spartans. Um, I'm going to make it a conference rule that you cannot just have one mascot. You must have like a whole platoon of Spartans and Trojans on the field. I would like things to get out of hand and to get messy. Um, so we're going to go with the Battle of Troy, USC, Michigan State. Is is that rule going to go for all teams in your conference? So if you take Florida, do they have to have 30 alligators on the side of the field? <laughs> Maybe. We'll think about it. <laughs> all right. I like it. I like the connection with the mascots there. Um, you get the, uh, I guess, soon-to-be conference rivals in real life, but you'll get the uh, – uh, the the multiple time zone, which, you know, is one thing I, I didn't mention up top. I'm interested to see in some of those, you know, how those games go, because a lot of times the Pac-12 games are the evening games for a lot of the rest of the country just because of the time zone difference. So uh, are you going to have some Pac, you know, once USC's played in the Big Ten, are some Pac-12 people going to have to be watching games at 10 a.m. or something? Uh, depending on the, how the scheduling works out. I mean, look, when USC plays Rutgers, <laughs> I'm interested to see. <laughs> I mean, they have to like mandate that games at 2.30. There's no other way to do it. Like 2.30 right, yeah. local time, whatever, yeah. wherever they're playing. There's just no other way to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, you're never going to have it a case where 
uh, USC and Rutgers are like number one and number two in the country and having to play in the middle of the afternoon or something. But, um, you know, it'll be an interesting one. So anyway, yeah, I like it. I like the, so I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, yeah, I tried to think of some unorthodox rivalries and I think I have, um, a couple of, uh, ideas, um, as well, but, uh, I think that was, uh, I give you credit for a really creative one there. Now, does the winner have like mascot priority for the rest of the year until the next season? What do you mean by that? So whoever wins gets to use the, you know, your common theme between the mascots, the kind of the soldier. I feel like the other team should have to pick another mascot. Um, I think the other team, um, their mascot for the rest of the year has to be on the field um, without armor, without a weapon, just like a, like a soldier who lost the war. Just kind of like, hmm, hmm, like bandaged up and everything. So I like it. I like where you're going with it. That's yeah, good. Like, and they carried on a, you know, um, I don't know, just like you said, shame him. Yes. Yes. Because it's the mascot's fault they lost. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's all about the mascot. Oh, I, I also like those picks. I like the common, you know, you kind of went outside the box. I like it. Like Paul said, there'll be true possible rivals next so many years. So I like it. All right, Nate. So Paul went kind of traditional, but odd for him. I went completely probably non-traditional. So where, where are you going to go? So this is where... <laughs> Because I wanted to create rivalries just that were kind of different. But then I also feel like I need some flagship schools and some high-viewed, you know, rivalries to kind of get people watching my conference in the first place. And so I am going to have to go Alabama and Notre Dame for a rivalry. Um, everyone pretty much knows the insane amount of money that Notre Dame receives just for their TV contract from their network. And I think that is to do with, of course, they're, you know, they are still one of the highest watched um, teams every weekend. And we all know that Alabama year in, year out, they are top five, if not number one or two every year for most viewed and just always in the hunt as in, national championship, you know, aspirations. And, you know, hopefully that would encourage Notre Dame to maybe pick it up a level, knowing they have to play Alabama yearly. Because it seems like they kind of kind of just choke away those big games lately. So maybe that'll maybe that'll inspire them to really get it together. I don't know. But I'll go Alabama, Notre Dame. Okay, so this is a this is a, a single steal for me. I did have Notre Dame in in one of my top ten teams. <clears throat> um, so this is a rare draft where you can have a double steal. Um, but this is a single steal. I had Notre Dame at the end of the episode. I'll tell you who I had them paired up with. But um, I like your thought. I mean, right? There was a national championship game. Was it three years ago? Maybe um, where they played. And we wanted it to be so much, but Notre Dame just wasn't on the same level, could not hang with them. And I would love to see Notre Dame hang with people 
um, in the big moments and maybe playing them every year um, in your conference would, would help them, you know, push for that. And, uh, you know, maybe get some, some boys from Alabama up there to Notre Dame. Maybe, Hey, you're not going to draft me Saban. Well, then I'm going to go straight to, uh, to father O'Reilly there in, uh, in uh, South Bend. Yeah. I like the idea of uh, Notre Dame at least having to prove it earlier in the season this way. They're forced to be playing, you know, Alabama, uh, I feel like a lot of times Notre Dame can, can make it into the 14 playoff or something. And then they get there and you say, ah, maybe you should not have been selected uh, for this or for this bowl game. So, um, you know, they traditionally play USC or something. That's another one of those wacky games where they're going cross country. I think sometimes those big cross country trips, one team might be a little jet lagged. It's not always the best test of a team. So this one will give uh, give them uh, some some clout or, uh, you know, unveil them as a pretender early in the season. That can be a little helpful for postseason expectations here. So I, I like the I like the pairing. Yeah, I'm pretty upset. I was hoping to get Notre Dame. Um, maybe I should have taken them first, but. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, since it's wrapping back around. I kind of, I was having a hard time because I do want those true rivalries also, you know, that have been around for years and years. And I feel like this one has kind of gone to the wayside in recent years due to, you know, different conferences, of course. And maybe their programs aren't as good as they once were. But I remember growing up and just, I feel like watching these games, especially, you know, in the 2000s, you know, early 2000s and towards 2010s, they were just the most exciting matches and always close. I want to go Florida and Florida State. Um, again, you know, I I don't think it really mattered if you knew too many people on the either team. I felt like that was a game you always want to tune into just to see how intense and how competitive it was going to be no matter – if one team was better than the other, you know, they're always going to give a hard fight just because of who their opponent is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is interesting. Um, I saw Florida State with a couple of possible rivals, but you went with the traditional Florida State, Florida. I love a state rivalry. <clears throat> Florida is so big, though. You wonder. There's going to be so many big Florida schools now. Will this still be the big one? It should be, right? You got Miami over there. You got the Centrals and the South Floridas and everything like that. Um, so it's interesting. I'm just not a fan of Florida. I just don't. I don't. You know what it is? I'm a, I'm a, like I said, I'm into good colors. I hate their color scheme. I hate that <laughs> blue and orange. Oh, it just makes me want to. Oh. So I have a hard time watching their games and taking them seriously. But uh, maybe this game. Will, uh, make me take them serious more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida, a lot of football talent in the state of Florida. So, in terms of uh, in-state rivals, right, you could have two schools with a huge recruiting class, basically all from in-state here with the two Florida schools. Not a lot of states capable of pulling that off like Florida can, but uh, Florida is definitely one of them. So, um, that's always I think that can add to the rivalry, right? You got a lot of uh, players on each team that have probably been playing either with or against each other since high school. 
then they stay in state uh, teams they've probably been a fan of for a long time and then repping against each other. So I feel like there's um, uh, a good case there for uh, heated rivalry. Um, so yeah, nice. Uh, uh, our first in-state pairing here uh, in terms of our conferences. So um, yeah, like a, a solid one. I am going to go ahead and count Florida as a steal because I had Florida and LSU on my radar as um, sort of a somewhat underrated, I guess, SEC rivalry um, compared to some of the ones that come up first, at least. But I do like that. Look at Nate. It's a couple of steals. That's right. Not a double steal, but two steals. So if he had, <laughs> if he had, if he had said Florida Notre Dame, that could have been a a, <laughs> a rare double steal, but against both other wow. drafters. Wow. Really could have done something there. It's maybe. called a suicide steal. That's what that's <laughs> called right there. <laughs> so. Well, they're not invited back for the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, mm. what you got here? Well, you know, I really was going to take Notre Dame in my other school here. I'm playing defense now. I got a lot of picks that I like, but I'm trying to think which one's going to get stolen first. All right, I'm going to take Arkansas. I'm going to take Arkansas oh, wow. off the okay. board. We're going uh, We're going to have Arkansas play a team that is pretty close, not too far away. This will Arkansas be the State. Thanksgiving game. It'll be called the pronunciation game. It's against Kansas. Arkansas against Kansas. Um, I think <laughs> okay. these are these are these are two schools that sometimes end up being it always feels like they're never the same caliber at the same time. Um, but uh, I feel like uh, I feel like they could be if they played often. And I think this is a very good local rivalry. It's a three-hour drive, 3.30. Um, and I think there's nothing. Kansas, Kansans, and Arkansans feel like two different people, yet they're so close. And I think this rivalry will really start to mesh the cultures a little bit. And uh, so I think it'll actually be good for society. Get those Kansas folk down here, get those Arkansans up there to the, the wave and wheat or something. Um, oh no, wait, Kansas is way over in Lawrence. So maybe it's like five hours. My bad. Earlier, yeah. yeah, a little bit, but this will be the battle of the pronunciation, right? Some people like to call it Arkansas when it's Arkansas, but um, yeah, I'm going to take Arkansas and Kansas. I think it's a great color scheme too. You got that deep red and that, that pure, you know, Royal blue. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, first of all, don't have Les Miles doing color commentary on the game, or he's really <laughs> going to be leaning into the uh, the pronunciation thing here. I'm preparing for Arkansas. Um, you know, I I think uh, <laughs> I like this because uh, Arkansas has a good chance of dominating their <laughs> annual rivalry game, uh, unless Kansas can really uh, pick it up here. Um, but I like it. I, you know, I, I'll say, um, I'm, again, I'll give you props for the creativity here. I like the picks, uh, in terms of the thought process. I don't know if this is the game I would want to tune into as much. I mean, I'd be watching it as an Arkansas fan, but, uh, I don't think you're going to be killing the ratings as much with this one, but, uh, I like the, so what's, what's going to be your trophy? Is it going to be like a spelling bee microphone or, uh, how do you, how do you lean into the mm. pronunciation bowl in terms of the rivalry trophy? Um, 
I'm thinking like there's two trophies, right? And so one of them, <clears throat> both of them say Arkansas. But if Kansas wins, the Ar- the AR part is has like a big like strike through it. And then if Arkansas wins, that AR part is like huge and like overlaid on top of like the Kansas part. All right. Uh, I'm a big fan. I did think about maybe doing an, like an all time best trophy draft. Um, and then uh, I, I sort of steered away from that, but uh, there's a lot of great college football trophies. And so uh, we'll get that, the pronunciation bowl in there as well. All right. Well, I got the back-to-back picks here, but I'm not oh, going to get it. I, I just wanted to make a couple comments about KU. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, no, go for it. Nate, Nate's a big KU fan. I've been watching KU football since uh, it's been the last 20 years. Um, I, I worry who's going to watch the game for you. <laughs> they, they've been notoriously known for giving away free tickets to anyone just to come to their games. That's because people thought they were Arkansas games, <laughs> right? But now there will be no mix-up, right? Because it's they're both playing. They're both playing in the same game. Who's playing? Kansas? Arkansas? No, no, Kansas. I guess who? Kansas? Arkansas? I mean, it's just it's just gonna be it's gonna be perfect. I, I think I think the couple you know thousand people that go to the game in Lawrence, mostly Arkansas people, probably <laughs> really appreciate the. Uh, the clever, you know, rivalry created. Um, I just, I feel be- like Paul said, I think they're just going to dominate KU. So that's good for Arkansas, you know? Yeah. But I don't K- know. Don't, don't, the don't, longest don't. conference losing streaks like ever known, like recently too. That's why they need to get into a new conference. Okay. Well, that's good because I don't, I don't think they've had a winning season since like 2008, 2009, possibly. Yeah, I think they can. Play. I think they can fare well against Michigan State and USC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know they had to play the other teams in your conference. But... <laughs> they had to play one game a year. <laughs> they they'll look forward to basketball season if you know that's included. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, you like... do. You do have a pretty salty basketball league as well here, Cameron. <laughs> and not bad, right? Not bad so far. A lot of different styles coming together. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting. All right, so um, I can't make the Homer pick anymore. Uh, that's off the board, and so uh, you know, I I had been, and I guess I'll I'll credit it as a steal here because I was probably gonna grab a pairing uh in my in my next couple of picks with Arkansas. I, had, I did not so. have I... Kansas in the <laughs> in the radar. Um, so I think I, I might have to return the favor here then. Uh, I'm going to take the school I was going to pair with. Wait, are you saying you're, 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 you're saying you're, you think you're going to steal from one of us? I don't know if it's going to be a steal. I'm going to return the Homer pick favor going off the board. So I had been leaning towards, uh, getting my two alma maters on the board here going Arkansas, Oklahoma. So I'm going to go ahead and keep OU, but I uh, am going to go with Nebraska here as an underrated rivalry that uh, was done dirty by the conference realignment, Oklahoma and Nebraska. 
ending their longtime rivalry in the conference championship game. And then Nebraska riding off into the sunset of the big 10 about to be renewed. Is it this season or or is it next season? Does it matter? They're playing. It's coming up. They're going to play again. It's this season. This season. Okay, I thought it was this season. So there <laughs> you go. Looks forward to it. <laughs> I think so, this one's in uh, Scotland. <laughs> so uh, when the when the eliminator pick comes up, uh, everyone's going Nebraska for this one, right? Uh, easy win over OU. Uh, but no, this was a great uh, one of those one of those rivalries that I think um, uh, not as much hatred as other rivalries, right? This isn't like Texas and Texas A&M just constantly going after each other, but these were two storied schools, longtime schools, fan bases that had a lot of respect for each other. And I think enjoyed playing the game against each other Um, could have great conversations with each other. Right. Um, And just one that I think both teams would have been happy to continue if it weren't for administrators making the decision to kind of, uh, break up and, and, and move in different conference directions. Um, so uh, I think probably both of them, again, probably not bitter about it. They both probably just blame Texas for uh, be, being so hated in the Big 12 that Nebraska needed to get away from them. Right? Well, I think what really started the unraveling was the Big 12 just coming about and putting them in different divisions. So mm-hmm. You know, the only way they could play every year, which is how it was. Any, well, but right, but in the Big Eight, didn't they play everybody in the conference? Because there was only eight mm-hmm. teams, right? Mm-hmm. So then you go to 12, they did not have a permanent rivalry concept set up. So you only play them every other year, right? So that yeah. started to lose its, its luster and that kind of started the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely plays into it. So, um, yeah, but this is one that I think uh, would be a would be a great one uh, to bring back. I'd like to see it, um, and it keeps me a little more regional here. I was planning on, you know, flexing out geographically a little bit, but uh, um, uh, I don't know. I just like where this one landed based off some of the picks that you guys were making. And uh, uh, Nate, how do you how do you feel about Paul taking um, our alma mater there? You know, I I was thinking of this exact game, but you know, they're, they're, each team has, I feel like a strong other rivalry as well, because you have OU Texas, of course, and then Nebraska. They, I mean, their rival now is Iowa, of course, but I thought they they had a pretty strong rivalry with Colorado as well. You know, maybe that's not nationally known as much, but mm-hmm. the two yeah. schools are well known. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of great history there, you know, Heisman winners and just national championships. And, um, I think, I mean, I, I keep mentioning, cause I just saw it last week, but Nebraska still ranks top 10 with viewership, even though they, well, the record was three and nine last year. I think, of course, this is something about the fan base it, you know, you're going to get that support no matter what the team is like. No, maybe a lot of viewers like to watch something comedic. I mean, that's what I tune in for now these days. Yeah. So, and then also I get angry. So I don't know what kind of comedy this is. A dark comedy, you know, it's like a Cohen brother movie kind of. No, but this, I think this is one of the, I think this is one of my favorite rivalries. And I was at that last OU Nebraska game and that was pretty heart wrenching, but you know, good, good pick. 
Yeah, I was at that game too. We had it in the bag. And then we were like, let's stop playing football, guys. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just dribble, dribble the clock out. Um, yeah, this isn't a steal, but I did consider taking Nebraska versus any team it's favored against because those games <laughs> tend to be very exciting. Um, so I thought about taking that, but uh, no, it's a good, it's a good pick. Once in a while, I'll throw on the the YouTube highlights of old Nebraska games, and there's always Oklahoma in there um, battling it out. So yeah, no, I'm um, kind of surprised, Paul. So far, no SEC schools. I know, I know. Um, I've I've still got uh, a few. The problem is, I'm I'm trying to think of some you know outside the sec rivalries but i do want to think a little outside the box here otherwise there's no point in you know putting the draft uh, sorted together so um i guess i'll go into the third round here and uh you know i want to keep some of these good rivalry games going on um in the conference and i think so far i've got a lot of schools with some really really big rabid fan bases and uh so i'm trying to think i've got several i like i'm just trying to think of a of a good pairing here and uh, again i'm i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get my first sec school here but not the sec school uh not not any of the ones that i i like (laughs) really i'm gonna go with one that i actually uh have a you know i think arkansas has a nice little rivalry going with and then i'm gonna go outside the sec so i'm gonna go with a color scheme here that i don't think cameron i don't i don't think you're gonna like it based on your color picks you're gonna be a you're gonna not be a fan of watching this game on tv as much uh i'm gonna go with the all orange category well oh no no i'm uh because i want to get sec i'm gonna go uh orange and uh uh, oklahoma state and syracuse (laughs) yeah there you go really orange with syracuse no i'm thinking clemson and then I was playing with the idea of Texas, but I think I'm going to stick in the state, but go SEC, go Texas A&M. So a little uh, maroon mm. color. And uh, so these are two schools, right? I'm, I'm breaking away from historical traditional rivalries here. Um, Clemson, you know, sort of an odd pairing in that now they're so dominant in their conference. Their traditional, you know, one of their traditional rivals is South Carolina, South Carolina being a lower tiered school, um, used to be, you know, had a pretty good advantage over Clemson, but at this point, Clemson sort of really outclasses South Carolina. So I didn't really want to pair the two of them together. Um, but I think this is a case of two really rabid fan bases and two fan bases that can get a little weird in A&M and Clemson. And so I think, uh, you know, these are, schools that have some big traditions for games um, uh, running down, touching the big rock and Clemson, the Yale leaders and A&M and the, the A&M marching band. Uh, and then I get, again, I'm, I'm, I really want to pull in some of these, these nice TV markets. Clemson gets a lot of viewership. Obviously the Texas TV market is going to be bringing a lot of eyes into my school here. Uh, plus I like the idea of Oklahoma, Nebraska getting to get back into Texas, get that game against Texas A&M. Again, I I, I uh, uh, had thought about going all orange here, going burnt orange versus the brighter orange of Clemson. Uh, but really, I just don't want Texas in my conference because the fan base is just so unbearable, right? Like 
great. You're every year you're telling us you're back. It's time for another 12 win season. And then every year you're struggling to win six or seven games. You know, I'm tired of it. Get a little humility, Texas. Texas A&M gets the pick over you. Texas A&M Clemson. That's interesting. You said that their shtick is, hey, this is going to be a 12-win season, and then they're trying to at least get the six. I feel like Nebraska is the exact same, but <laughs> minus three games. <laughs> they're like, guys, it's we're back. Win. It's going to be a nine-win season. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, God, can we make it to six? Um, so that's, we, we call uh, that the curse of Polini, the consistent nine win dude, coach. I'm, I'm telling you, when he was down in door. Louisiana, he learned about some, some Cajun voodoo. And before he left, he put it on us. He put some hex. Um, <laughs> so this is really interesting. I, I like Clemson. I love watching Clemson, um, because it feels like Clemson's one of those schools that can now go toe to toe with it. And so it's nice to see a school like that um, outside of the deep South SEC. So I'm talking like Alabama schools and Georgia schools and LSU. Now, once you get to the fringe of the SEC, those schools kind of feel a little bit different. So when they get really good, I get excited. You know, um, Arkansas, Kentucky, maybe even Tennessee. It's the deep South ones that I'm like, no, you guys are cheating somehow. I don't know how. Um, (laughs) But I like Clemson because they seem very capable. Um, And um I'm not a big A&M guy, um, so I feel like I'm rooting for Clemson on this one. Um, not a yeah, bad see, color scheme. It's a very, you know, dark, dark maroon and that nice, you know, orange. So, mm-hmm. eh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan of any of the orange school's colors. I just don't like the orange uniform on the field. So, uh, I feel like anything you're throwing in against there's at least a little bit of a clash happening there. Yeah, uh, it's just rough on the orange and purple. I just, yeah, good for them for creating that combo, but I, you know, <laughs> rough. No, but I, I, am a huge fan of both of those schools. Just I had to go to Texas A and M and kind of take all that tradition in. And I thought that it was one of the neater, you know, places just to even watch a football game. And then also got to experience the Clemson kind of tradition. Their fans, wherever they go, they take $2 bills and they stamp like orange paw prints on them. And like, that's, that's the money they use for the weekend or the week, wherever they are. And I don't know, you know, that's, I think that's just cool. The two fan bases are just that devoted to, you know, supporting their school and just kind of being proud of, you know, their, you know, from that school, they like that school over the state. So um, I, I like this rivalry. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a new tradition for us, Nate. <laughs> Every time Nebraska plays somebody, we go there. We take nothing but Eisenhower silver dollars, the real big guys. We pay for everything with those heavy silver dollars. It's kind of also a curse on the town <laughs> that you're visiting. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be interesting talking your way through stadium security with your your giant backpack. I have like one of those medieval coin purses. I think the cargo shorts just filled up to the brim. With... Especially with stadiums, so, you know, some college stadiums letting alcohol sales happen now. You'd be like, you need to buy some eight dollar be- beer, $8 beers with my, my giant coins. Uh, yeah, this one's interesting. Um, I like you grabbing still no traditional SEC school. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm for, you know, I'm I, my, 
the schools I have so far aren't super outside the box, but for me, they're pretty outside the box. Okay. So I'm, okay. I'm stretching, say, yeah. I'm stretching myself a little bit. Yeah. On this one. yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think I've got, you know, I'm really going for some, some pretty, some pretty rabid fan bases, I think. So I think they're all going to be super into every game against each other so far with my conference. So I'm, I'm happy about that. All right. Well, Cameron, uh, I'm I'm very interested to hear what your next uh, your next rivalry here is based on your your previous two picks. Yeah, you know, um, I need to look. I I am. I'll tell you this. I am taking an SEC school, um, but I after all this alignment, I don't even know what conference this other school's in. Hang on. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, I'm going with an. SEC school versus a Big 12 school. Okay. Um, I think this, I think this might have been a rivalry like 70 years ago. I was doing just a little bit of light research. And apparently they did have like a couple of decades where they played pretty consistently, but um, that has then um, gone, you know, since past. Um, but I'm taking something that I think should be a rivalry because even before the schools were playing football, this was a rivalry. Right. You know, you hear about like the Mizzou and the Kansas because it's kind of like the, you know, the pre-Civil War, um, you know, Kansas wars. Um, this is something similar to that. Right. So I'm going to take Kentucky and West Virginia and they will have the Hatfield and McCoy rivalry. <laughs> so, of course, a student of history here, if you're not familiar with the Hatfield and McCoy's rival families. The McCoys in Kentucky, the Hatfields in West Virginia, you know, this is in post-Civil War. Um, they're feuding with their industry and they're just having personal feuds. Um, and uh, several people died, quite a few large shootouts, if not small battles. Um, pretty famous. You can catch just probably like a 30-minute documentary on it on YouTube. Um, but if you're more into narrative storytelling, there is a great three-piece miniseries from the History Channel. Um, where I think Kevin Costner played the lead Hatfield and the late mm -hmm. um, Bill Paxton played uh, the McCoy. But right. um, that was a good series. It was a really good series. So um, they're going to play that on the Jumbotron the night before the big game um, for the uh, the Hatfield and McCoy trophy. Right. I like it. I appreciate <laughs> all your rivalries setting up a movie night prior. All the same. <laughs> educate those kids before they come support the team. Today. That's right. That's right. I'm actually going to say Kentucky was on my list. So that's a steal. Okay. Interesting. And I'd like to say that <clears throat> right now, these are two very middle of the road programs that can, uh, you know, they can, they can surprise some people with how good they are in a season. Um, you know, Kentucky's been good as of late, and West Virginia's had some good years as of late. So, um, uh, this might get a little more action than the uh, the R Kansas Kansas game. <laughs> yeah, those those West Virginia teams, like the the Geno Davis era, uh, James James White was that it? James White was he the or Pat White? Pat White. Um, yeah, like that era of West Virginia, that was some fun. Those are some fun teams just airing and out all over the place. So, uh, uh, another, again, I think, uh, if you were, if, if you were building a basketball conference, you'd really be stacking the deck 
um, so far. Uh, I, th- I think you've almost gotten more intrigue as a basketball conference than a football conference with these picks, but uh, still, I, I like the, um, uh, I like, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of the trophy so far. So I'm definitely tuning in to all your games for the trophy presentation alone. Well, and I think this is good for West Virginia because I feel like ever since they've come to the big 12, it's been kind of a, like you, you yourself said, like, I'm not sure what conference they're in. Because it feels like they've never actually been in the Big Twelve, you know. It's, I, yeah, I was like, surely they're not still there. I was like, no. surely they moved to somebody else at this point. It was so weird. I, I remember this is how weird. I remember like two years after, like all the realignment first happened, and they were all like, tune in tonight for a basketball game for the for the Big Twelve SEC matchup, Missouri versus West Virginia. And I was <laughs> like, wait, what? Wait, who's with who? What conference? So, I like it. All right, Nate. So, um, you've 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 queued up an SEC team with every rivalry. Um, curious if you're going to continue on with that pattern. I I really wasn't meaning to, to be honest. And then <laughs> I, I looked and I'm like, oh my, like, because you know I'm not the biggest SEC football fan, but apparently I am. I just didn't know about it. Me too. Ten years ago, none of Paul's teams were in the SEC. He's just not a fan. I famously uh, hate SEC football. So I was going to kind of go with. I feel like Paul kind of alluded to this earlier, but get some of those. What's what's thought as is some of those more rude fan bases. I think, um, you know, I think that this would be a good rivalry just because they're usually pretty interesting teams and. Um, that they're supposed to have high hopes every year, but I want to go Texas and LSU for a rivalry again. Hitting that SEC, I know like, it just happens to work out that way. After you stole <laughs> Kentucky, I have no other option. <laughs> this is but, um, this is you know, Nate. I'll, I'll give you your explanation here, but I gotta say, of all the rivalries, this is gonna be by far the most obnoxious two fan bases <laughs> the week of this game. I'm I'm hoping that they can sell it off as that too, you know. <laughs> which fan base can complain yeah. the most and or ESPN markets it as one of these teams has to lose. <laughs> I, I that alone, I mean, there's been some national championship games where I've hoped that both teams lose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's usually an SEC school. So, you know, have two of them in there, there's you can't go wrong at this point. So um and I feel like that kind of fits in with not really Notre Dame, but the other uh, three schools as well. So it's kind of geographically, it's not that bad. But um, yeah, I think that kind of brings in more viewers because I think um, some of our last games might not have the viewership needed um, to really support the whole conference. But I feel good with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll definitely be a well-watched game. And, um, you know, LSU, uh, you got the geographic proximity there. Um, LSU and Texas A&M kind of had a a predating rivalry, or at least, you know, that's what the argument was when they pushed them to Thanksgiving and made them permanent, you know, uh, rivals in that regard for the um, uh, the SEC. So I think they could easily pick that up with Texas. 
Um, LSU is going to love more exposure in Texas for recruiting purposes. So I think they're going to be all for it. And um, I'm sure LSU would also prefer to be playing Texas, you know, as often as they play Alabama when it comes to uh, uh, some of those games, although they're still playing Alabama every year, I guess, in your conference, but um, uh, maybe, you know, not, maybe not the big rivalry game. I don't know, but yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah. Um, you've got some big games. Uh, you got some big games going on here. I hope they don't end up on the same week. Um, <clears throat> I think I like this one a little more than the Florida, Florida state. Um, I agree. This is probably one where one of them is like ranked in the top five and you want them to lose. And that's who you're cheering for that, that during that game. So um, I'm with you. I love to see Texas playing um, in Baton Rouge every other year. I think that just, uh, you know, see them collapse, you know, in a hostile environment. Uh, sounds pretty, uh, pretty exciting. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick. All right. Well, no. uh, well, but before we get oh, into your uh, next pick, uh, our other tradition here is to remind listeners who we've drafted so far so they can keep track of things as we move into the second half of the draft in a little thing we call the three round rundown. All right, Paul. So we'll go ahead and start us off. Yeah, so uh, running down my conference here, I have got a lot of uh, really, you know, old school fan bases who are super passionate, and I'm looking forward to seeing them all compete in the same conference. Uh, My permanent rival so far, the Thanksgiving matchups in my conference are Ohio State and Michigan, Oklahoma and Nebraska, and then Texas A&M and Clemson. And I have the Battle of Troy between the USC Trojans and the Michigan State Spartans. I have the Battle of Pronunciation by Arkansas and Kansas. And then I have the Hatfields and McCoys of Kentucky and West Virginia. And my first pick was Alabama and Notre Dame. And then the battle between Florida and Florida State. And then finishing off with uh, who do you want to see lose more with Texas LSU. (laughs) All right. Well, Nate, that is our third round rundown. And you, of course, have the back-to-back picks headed into the fourth round, which means you're still on the board. So which SEC school are you going to grab here? You know, I'm going to stay away from SEC. I know. Shocker. (laughs) Oh, man. Again, I'm really – I just said that my conference was like geographically, it made sense. Well, I mean, now, now it will not make sense. (laughs) Um, (laughs) because of course, you know, I'm going to choose some teams that I think are exciting to watch. Um, and they still have a pretty good viewership as well as, um, just a solid, you know, football history. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon and Miami of Florida, not Ohio, just so there's, that's all cleared up for everyone. (laughs) Um, when I just think of exciting football, I think of both of these schools, whether it's currently or again, that nostalgic feeling of, um, late nineties, early two thousands, you know, some of the most 
memorable NFL players are from these schools. Um, so I think that just brings a little bit more excitement, maybe uh, um, kind of a, I don't know. Because I know Alabama is, of course, always good and um, LSU and all that tradition. But I feel like these two schools are pretty exciting when it comes to um, you never know what you're going to get. But, you know, you know, it'll be a fun game to watch. So. Definitely uh, the longest flight, I think, so far. Maybe um, USC Michigan State closest after that, I guess. Uh, looking over our board but uh you know i like the um in terms of like interesting pair-ups i think these are um two unique fan bases that are left now you're very florida heavy now the florida florida state and miami you got like a little florida capsule taking Mm -hmm. on the rest of the country my three years of living there really influenced me so (laughs) Apparently that that was the deal. Well, you know, if if these teams are all going to be flying out to Oregon, at least they're saving money with travel. Maybe in state they can take a bus. You know, save <laughs> save a little money. Uh, you had to you had to make that agreement to get them to agree to join the conference. Maybe this is a I like this one a lot. Call it the the cross country series or something. Um, um, I got a great rivalry punishment for you, Nate. If you go into somebody else's house and you lose, you take the train back. It's a long train ride, long train ride. Um, But I love it. I think these are two schools that are well-known outside their conferences, even though there may not be like the best schools out there. Um, So I think they're very national-oriented. Um, and I think they both carry with them a swagger of we're going to go wherever we go and play football. Like, they, they, you know, they just have this spirit of like, we'll go there, we'll play all brand of football and we'll beat you with it. Um, so I would love to see, you know, these two very unique schools of thought play each other. Um, very kind of different approaches, but both very confident in how they play the game. So I think it's a really good pick. Um, I, I'm also with Paul. A lot of Florida going on here. A lot of Florida. I know. I, I think I think that Central Florida is still available. What else is on the board? Uh, that's only if Scott Frost goes back. So that's that's the only way they'll get in. Um, we our conference is thinking of the inaugural game between those two schools of being in Lebanon, Kansas, which is supposedly the middle point of the United States. Oh, so I, you know, I, so every I like that, so hopefully the inaugural game, then maybe every third year they'll meet in the small town of Lebanon. Um, I I don't know who will go from there, but it'll be halfway for both of them. I like be. that. So yeah, and you know these are two schools that have each had their moments recently, but neither of them have quite gotten over the line in terms of, you know, uh, winning the national championship for Oregon or getting to the playoff game for Miami, even though they've been close a time or two in in both aspects. And so maybe these are two fan bases that are two schools that are going to use this rivalry as a springboard to up their game a little bit, maybe take that next step that you feel like both of them 
have the resources, have the history, the fan bases. Uh, I guess in Oregon's case, maybe not as much. You know, Miami's leaning on the history. Oregon's leaning on the the Nike money and and more recent success. So, uh, two schools in very interesting position, I think, in terms of where they fit in the college football landscape right now. And mm-hmm. so be interesting to see uh if this were the new conference they ended up in where they would be going yeah no this this is a real exciting pick uh i can i can get behind this all right well cameron you get uh you get uh, the next pick here got uh i think the most interesting matchup so far where are you going with round four so I think um, something that we're all victims of, maybe not Nate nearly as much, but <laughs> we fall into these um, large state flagship public institutions, and we don't give enough um, opportunity to the smaller private schools. So I'm going to do a matchup here. I'm going to call it the Battle for Southern Excellence. And I will be taking two Southern private schools. We're going Duke Vanderbilt. Duke Vanderbilt. That's right. Um, both private institutions, well-respected um, uh, academic institutions. Um, and sometimes they throw the pigskin around too. Um, so I'm going to take Duke and Vanderbilt, trying to up the prestige of my conference a little bit, get it maybe accredited a little bit more. I don't really know what all that means, but get some get somebody to help raise our GPA a little bit. You know, a couple of scientists from the uh, the Cameron Conference, the CAMCOF, they call it. Um, I'm going to work on that. But uh, I'm going to take Duke and Vanderbilt. Interesting. Uh, they've already got the name for the rivalry, the Quiz Bowl, coming up. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so uh again, Cameron, we're not drafting basketball schools, man. This is you have the all-time basketball conference going on here. Uh another steal. I was gonna choose Duke. So uh our our conference is hurting now. We don't know what to do. <laughs> what can you do without Duke? Exactly. <laughs> don't have anyone to uh raise the GPA to acceptable limits. Oh, but no, I, lo- I like the premise of it. Um, where do you uh, dignify, you know, really class up the joint in your conference? So, you know, way to, way to, um, way to be classy. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, I think these private schools, they get like these conferences grab one and they kind of feel like the odd man out, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, here's all these, here's like all these States and all their, um, you know, schools all the flagship universities and then here's this uh, private school also so i'm like they really need to have a couple so that they can kind of have a buddy there so that'll be duke and vanderbilt you know and there's like a i don't know there's like a a three-point conversion after the touchdown where you have to do like some (laughs) sort of algebraic equation a jeopardy game on the field in between yeah, this you know like Duke. Uh, Duke has been um, had had some teams that you know weren't world beaters, but uh, could put together a, a surprising game, at least be a tough out, right? Occasionally they'll sort of have that. Um, I think 
Vanderbilt a little less often than Duke, but every once in a while you get that coach in uh, at Vanderbilt who will put in a good two years before they're hired away by uh, some larger school, usually coinciding with a time when uh, the schedule lightens up for Vanderbilt. But, you know, you take advantage of uh, the teams that you get to play. Paul, give me credit for my steal there. <laughs> okay. The old Duke steal. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen, but it happened. I, I really didn't think anyone else was going to take them. So we're, uh, we're scrambling now. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, I am. Uh, I I'm debating here. Um, I know one of the schools I want to take, but I'm really uh, sort of trying to th- trying to debate on who the rival should be. And uh, you know, I I make I make a little bit too much geographic sense right now. I'm jealous of you guys and your your geographic spanning conferences here. And so I think I wanna Here, can I uh can I put something on the board here? <laughs> what are you? What do you uh, mean? <laughs> so here is Paul's conference. Whoops. Oh. Okay. I offset it. Hang on. There we go. So at you over here, Paul. You have a nice like um, Middle America corridor, and then you have sort of a little Rust Belt, and then you have um, <laughs> who is this again? Clemson. On the right, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, yeah. Clemson over there. So, all right, all right. So I'm I'm liking this, uh, but I'm wanting to expand. I want a little manifest destiny. Um, and you know, Cameron, this is, this is actually helpful because this is making me think, um, I can make some little capsules here with my plans. That'll make some sense in the end. You're actually changing my pick. Mm. I'm I'm altering, I'm altering the plan based on this map. So if you put that might be the first ever, I don't know. Some other, some other. Um... Well, uh, here, here's the deal. I've got my pick lined up for the my my final pick, and if I go with that pick, I'm gonna have one weird outlier. So in alternates, I'll tell you the the school I wanted. Uh, but this means I'm really um, Elena's gonna be upset with my draft. Uh, she wanted me to go SEC heavy, and I'm gonna be very SEC light. <laughs> I have one fake SEC school as my SEC representative. Uh, so I am going to go with a couple of big markets. You know, I said I wanted the big TV markets. So earlier I found, um, a list that someone had put together of, uh, the biggest TV markets for schools and, um, a few that were up there pretty high, uh, in the top 20, um, were the Seattle area and the Denver area. Um, and I had been thinking about places to put Colorado in there. Um, and another school that I think has a really interesting fan base, um, is Washington. These two schools, of course, uh, in the same conference currently. So not too far out. I'm going to go Colorado and Washington for this pick. Um, these are two schools that I think probably tend to be around the same band. A lot of times they both have potential. 
that ends up being maybe a little unrealized. So um, maybe this will sort of step them up playing in my conference, but um, I'm really going to be dotting the country here and have some nice little capsules, especially after my next pick um, that I'll put. But I, I think these are just two fun schools. Colorado, um, I think probably was hurt the most maybe by leaving the Big 12. They just never lit it up in the Pac-12. And maybe that's because they're away from their traditional recruiting bases. This way they get to play in Oklahoma and Texas again all the time. So bring back some of those old Big 12 games. Maybe that helps Colorado step things back up. Because I think they're a school based on where they are, the market, population of the state. They should be better than they are. And Washington, um, you know, I wanted to get a West Coast school. I think we we just have USC as a West Coast school, right? And in, in Cameron's conference. Um, they just so, got Oregon. Oh, that's right, Oregon. All right, so we've we've now dotted the West Coast going on. So um, uh, I think that'll be that'll be all good there. So yeah, I think this will be a fun rivalry. It wasn't what I was planning with, but I think um, it's really going to make my conference cohesive here at the end. Yeah, you're all over the map. You definitely are. Um, travel budget, it's going to be tight. That's right. Tight the, the Clemson budget. Washington game is going to, the coast to coast. That's the manifest <laughs> destiny trophy. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You got, so what was the logic for Washington itself in Colorado? Was there any? So again, I'm, I'm trying to tap into some big TV markets, potential for a lot of viewership, TV revenue. It's going to lift my conference up. Uh, Washington taps into the, the Seattle market, which is a lot of eyes. Um, and Washington is one of those schools that, you know, Washington and Washington state, Washington, Oregon, they always have some pretty intense games. They get a little bit heated. Um, so far, the, the, you know, they don't have as big one with Colorado, but I think uh, I think you could see them being around the same caliber of team, of program. I think they both have a little bit more potential than they've shown. Um, and I just like Washington better than some of the other, you know, Northwestern schools. And I wanted something in kind of that Northwestern area, so um i just think it'll be a i think it'll be a fun game yeah I, I like how you mentioned um that possibility for colorado playing their old big 12 rivalries mm -hmm. yeah and that, that was a that, that was a reason i looked at colorado mm -hmm. specifically a lot i was gonna pair them with someone else but um i'm gonna double up on the west coast here in a minute so that's why washington kind of piqued my interest yeah, I, uh, Nebraska also played Washington when I was in school. Um, they traveled fairly well. The game was on the West Coast, so I don't think it was too far of a drive. Be interesting to see if they make that cross country road trip. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like those picks. I like you know the reasoning and, and you know good good selections. Yeah, good stuff. I like it. Um... All right. It's all about markets. It's all about markets for Paul. That's right. I want that money. <laughs> um, that way, my commission. So now that I know I'm the commissioner, I'm gonna I'm just gonna ask for a cut of the TV revenue as my salary. So I want that <laughs> as high as possible. All right. Well, I've already I've already spoiled a little bit here. Um, I'm gonna be going with one West Coast school. This is the pick I have lined up that has the most. Uh, the most Cameron-like logic here, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I don't want to let Cameron have all the creative fun with this draft. Uh, like I said, I had thought about leading into college football trophies. There's a lot of uh, trophy-like things that I enjoy. Um, so this one is going to be uh, the battle for axe supremacy. So we've got two schools that have an axe in a, in a rivalry, not with each other, but currently uh, both of these schools um, try to get an axe trophy every year. Over the past two decades, especially, these two schools have dominated this rivalry. So both of them get to keep their own, you know, acts uh, pretty frequently. So now I want to see them cross country and see if they can battle it out to see who really is the best sort of axe wielding school. So I'm going to go Stanford and Wisconsin. So Wisconsin plays Minnesota for the Paul Bunyan axe. Stanford plays Cal. For the Stanford Axe every year, but Stanford uh, tends to beat Cal. I think overall their record, they have 20 more wins all time. Uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin actually pretty close in the overall record, but Wisconsin won every game from 04 to 2017, and then they've split a little bit more recently. So in recent history, Wisconsin has had the Paul Bunyan Axe all the time. Stanford has had the Stanford Axe most of the time. So now they're going to compete for their own axe and see who really is the master of the axe trophy. So Stanford, Wisconsin, uh, plus I get to, I think, keep this nice little, we got a West Coast capsule going on with Colorado in there. I've got that middle of the country divide. I've got the the more Eastern schools. So even though uh, I do have uh, cross-country coverage, I've got some regional groupings. Maybe they can be, you know, little divisions within the conference and that's going to help them out with travel and that they do get some closer proximity games mixed in there. Yeah. Two, two West coast teams. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why I wanted Colorado, right? So that, or or sorry, Washington, because Washington, Stanford, Colorado going to have a little less travel time with those games going on. So I thought that made a good little pairing for my conference. Now, any concern with the amount of red on the field? Well, when you're fighting for the ax, you know, things are going to get a little bloody. It's going to get bloody. (laughs) So they're going with the Trojan strategy, wearing the red so that your opponent can't see the blood on the field. They're also going to play at Eastern Michigan. So they get the red field. (laughs) so you just can't see the teams on tv this is this is an interesting pick um they do feel like very similar teams like similar caliber right like kind of right in that teens to upper 20s of the top 25 you know when they're having a good year so um and i feel like they've probably battled it out in the rose bowl multiple times Mm -hmm. um so uh, i think this is a pretty Pretty good pick, though. I'm sorry to say, Paul, I don't know if you were trying to, but that rivalry line crosses your Oregon, Colorado. I mean, your your Washington, Colorado rivalry line. And so that's your first cross. You've crossed each other. The <laughs> other lines were not intersecting at any point. So, so. Um, well, there goes there goes the perfect draft, the no intersecting lines draft. <laughs> hey, when I think of these schools, I feel like I – think they're almost exact same i think of like power running for some reason mm-hmm. you know stanford I, the first person i think is toby gerhardt a huge bruising back and then wisconsin i don't know why but i think of ron dane just two massive running backs yep. so i think it kind of makes sense that they play one another um 
and again, you know, uh, the red uniforms. It's a little too much red for me, but um, it'll it'd be a good game. That's right. One of them. One of them will wear. You know, the away team will wear the all whites, and then maybe you can do the the all reds for the home team or something. But uh, but the trophy, of course, is just going to be the largest axe that can still be <laughs> physically lifted by a player. So uh, it's going to change based on who the strongest player on both teams is every season. <laughs> the size of the axe trophy. It's not the, the size. Axe. It's not the size of the man. It's the size of the axe. But the axe is actually the size of those two running backs I mentioned. So the, the three hundred plus pound axe. axe. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, Cameron, that rounds up my team. You get to finish off your team. Who is your last rivalry pick here? This is tough. So, <clears throat> for the record, this last pick is I have three options. They're all mascot related. So, it will be a mascot related pick. Uh, just looking at my map here. <clears throat> Where is West Point? That would be in New York. Yes. You could go. Okay. Uh, I'm going. Go. I'm. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, West Point, Rutgers. West just... West Point, Rutgers. It's it's only a night game. They only play at night, <laughs> and it's the uh, it's the it's the nighting of the better team. So we're going the West Point Black Knights against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So again. The mascots for the rest of the season has to be hobbled and injured, uh, whoever lost. Uh, so it's the battle of the nights again. Only night games, you know. It's like the opposite of Wrigley Field. They only play at night, and uh, yeah. And actually, this might be the closest series. I didn't know West Point was in that part of New York. I thought it was like upstate New York or something for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saving money for the travel again. There yeah. You go. There you go. We have to comp. We have to comp the Michigan State USC game. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I so I was gonna say Rutgers. Uh, are you going with Rutgers the night matchup? If you're if you're doing uh, Army here, uh, I thought about going Army Navy as one of my teams, just as a cool rivalry game. Um, that'd be fun, but uh, you know they just have a hard time keeping up in a larger conference. But uh, I like the mascot related the night here. Um, you know, Cameron, I, I like, again, with your uh, sort of basketball-heavy picks, you know, March Madness, a lot of people pick solely based on which mascots would win in a fight. And so um, I like to imagine there's sort of a, you know, uh, a battle brewing here with your teams, and you've got, like, the the Spartan and Trojan armies gearing up. You've got the Commodores out there. You've got uh, the the Knights ready to come on the field, right? Uh, and then uh, the Mountaineers, they're, you know, setting some traps, maybe getting ready. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, you got the Blue Devil just coming out onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> just nobody knows what to do with it. I don't get it. He's blue. What does that mean? <laughs> and why his head is so large. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I like the... Uh, uh, it, if nothing else, someone should write an historical fiction novel based on the mascots in your conference uh, and then sell it at games. That can be the, the calling card of the Cameron conference. Yes. 
or a TV show since you've been pairing things with television. Yeah, the I I like very interesting, you know, game here. Um, I like how you still tied it in again to shaming one of the mascots, even though they have nothing to do with the you know actual playing of the game. We're not shaming the players or coaches. It's it's the mascots, a kid who volunteered to do this. So, um, no, I like it. I and um, it's just so close, you know. You don't really think of West Point being that close to um, New Jersey, but of course it is. And you talk about TV market. I mean, a boom. Look at that. New York City, right? Like nine million people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is and they're all gonna tune in to see who gets um, <laughs> shamed in public. So that's good. That is Sounds like a New one, Yorker, yeah. That is the number one TV market on the list here, Cameron. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I do like I do like the colors as well. Black and gold, red and silver. I think that looks pretty good on the field. It's going to look good, man. It's going to look good. Yeah, dark green <laughs> turf. It's, it's going to look good. Good, good choice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Nate, close us out. Well, what are you doing? Some... What, what did you replace Duke with? Ah, see, that, that really did mess up the whole uh, ending to my elite conference, adding Duke in. Hey, there's plenty um, of private schools out there. Um, Purdue, Northwestern, Harvard, Yale, still on the table. Harvard, Yale. The and Northwestern is undefeated and the only <laughs> team to win outside of the U.S. this year. So, hey, Nebraska is the Nebraska is in the top two of non-continental <laughs> U.S. Games. I don't know if you guys thought about like I know you're thinking about like broadcasting and getting viewers in the United States, but I mean, Northwestern has fans in Ireland now. So, but no, I will not be choosing Northwestern. Um, going into this draft, I know I have a lot of Florida schools, but I was hoping to get at least one school from like the top power five conferences. And we're going to go with a rivalry that already does exist um, in the Midwest. We're going to go with the Cyhawk trophy battle between Iowa state and Iowa. Um, this is again, maybe it's not nationally known, but between these two schools, it's, you know, a game that everyone of course looks forward to. It's another in-state, um, rivalry. So we kind of have that playing in Florida and Iowa now. And since we do have a school all the way in in the Northwest corner, we might as well have two schools kind of smack dab in the middle as well. So I think that gives us pretty good coverage throughout the country. So interesting pick, Nate. I'd like to know there's several states with pretty, you know, on par public football programs. What made you gravitate towards this one versus some of the others? Well, I I did realize I didn't have any Big Ten yet. Mm. And I started to think of the Big Ten schools that were left. Um, I really did want to put Penn State in there, but I just could not think of who I would pair them with, to be honest. If it wasn't one of those, you know, Alabamas or, you know, I thought about Georgia, but again, I'm trying to broaden out our viewership because I feel like we already have a heavy Southern, you know, viewers. 
um, involved. So I don't know. I just felt like I wanted the Big Ten school. Iowa was there, and of course, their biggest rival is Iowa State. Whether they're good or not, year to year, is still a very big game in the Midwest. Yeah, no, that's a it's a big game, and it's a it's a close game. You're you're I think you're we'll have to check the miles, but West Point um, to Rutgers and uh, Des Moines to Iowa City, pretty on pretty comparable. Yeah, your your conference definitely dominates the in-state rivalries uh, compared to uh, the rest of our conferences here. Um, Iowa, one of those interesting schools that uh, seems to always be around, you know, eight, nine, ten wins, but just somehow never inspires a lot of confidence. Uh, the old Kirk Ferentz offense usually keeping things close uh, every game, no matter what the quality disparity is between the teams. But um, I've always had kind of a soft spot for Iowa. If I hadn't gone to Arkansas, Iowa was my next kind of pick for schools. So um, in terms of uh, just other other schools out there to randomly like, I've always kind of liked Iowa. So um, uh, this is an interesting, uh, definitely an interesting matchup. Um, poor Oregon in your conference, though, really, <laughs> really out there on an island. And they have all that Nike money. They'll be all right. That, there you go. They get a private jet for the players. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, let's um, run through our picks. And, Paul, if you can relinquish the screen, I'll put everybody's map up. And when they're uh, running through their, their teams. Oh, look at Nate. Look at that. Look at that view. What? I had to go uh, side side view so I can see the whole map. All right, so here we go. There's Paul. Why don't you got the lines connecting everything here? I like it. All right, well, listeners, this is where we give you the pitch for why you should vote for our team. And I think I have got a great mix here of some blue bloods in college football, some of the big schools. I'm reuniting some old rivalries. I got some schools that used to be in conferences with each other that really should have kept playing each other that now get to come back and renew some of those rivalries. But I've also got a lot of the really passionate fan bases, the ones that are selling out every game and then a couple of up and comers. So I've got uh, headlining the conference, Ohio state, Michigan. They're the the biggest, uh, you know, fan bases, biggest TV viewership going on. Then Oklahoma and Nebraska bringing the rivalry back, Texas A&M and Clemson going to start a new rivalry to really unique kind of weird, rabid fan bases uh, get to play every year. there. Washington and Colorado, two schools that I think are going to have a really fun game every year. Um, and these fan bases are going to love getting to play all of these other schools in the conference and then rounding it out with the battle for the axe Stanford and Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, I think a good um, uh, caveat that we could have thrown in here would be like your, your rivalry lines cannot cross. <laughs> that would have been a real good curve. <laughs> Cameron always <laughs> loving to add in rules to the draft. And just to make it weird. Um, well, all right. You, so, did you uh, surpass your own rule there? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, you um, kept it. You kept it clean. Yeah, yeah Cameron here. So, um, we got a great lineup here. We have. Have you seen the movie Troy? It won like ten Oscars. Well, the televised 
game between USC and Michigan State. It's going to win like 11 Oscars because it's going to be so good. It's the Battle of Troy. Um, we got the Battle of Pronunciation, Kansas, Arkansas. What is it? Kansas? Arkansas? You know, tune in to find out. Whoever wins sets the rules. Um, then we have the, uh, the, uh, the, the Hatfields and McCoys, University of Kentucky, University of West Virginia, right? Um, that one's going to get bloody. It's going to stay bloody. Um, next, we have some good private school institutions. I mean, they can do math. You know, they can do art. They can do science. They can play football. We're talking about Vanderbilt and Duke. Um, let's see who's the smartest and the strongest combined. And finally, our night game will be a battle of the Knights, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and the West Point Black Knights, the Army Black Knights. Sorry. Um, so the uh, New Jersey, New York series there on the East Coast. All right. <laughs> we, as a conference, have the longest road trip for our rivalry between Oregon and Miami. Um, we're hoping to get sponsored by Ticket to Ride. <laughs> as Cameron, you know, had the great idea of the loser takes the train home. So we are hoping for that sponsorship, but I believe our conference has the most overall for viewers because it does take teams from the top five conferences. Uh, we have the classics, Alabama, Notre Dame, uh, to just, you know, you want to watch them every weekend. They're going to be rivals. Then of course we got, uh, Florida state, Florida, one of the best rivalries in the nineties, two thousands, uh, hopefully to renew that passion for that, uh, those two fan bases for one another. And then of course we have our Texas LSU, uh, you know, tune in to see which fan base is going to, you know, really cry about the game and be even more obnoxious than the week before. Um, and then we finished off our draft with the in-state rivalry between Iowa and Iowa state for our Midwestern, uh, folks. Nate, you barely missed cutting. It's like you purposely left that corridor for, uh, you know, for, uh, Oregon to, uh, Miami, you just, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta draw the train line. That's going to cut. That's going to cut through. Yeah, we have oh, to... oh, oh, I need to map it. I need to actually <laughs> like put <laughs> the, uh... yeah, you're flying right now. Come on, man. Let's take a sh- we have to take a boat between <laughs> the panhandle <laughs> and Tampa. You gotta go from Tallahassee to Tampa on a boat. And you guys are you guys are uh, really putting the West Coast on an island here with both of your conferences. Those are going to be some those are going to be some rough TV experiences for USC yeah. and Oregon. They got money; they're they'll be fine. Yeah, Plus, yeah. They're bringing quite a bit of other money. I feel like oh. travels. You know, watching all those away games at ten ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just what those West Coast guys want. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, there are our new three conferences. Uh, we need to know two things. One, we need to know which one of us has the best conference, which are you most excited to tune in for? Uh, so there's going to be a poll. You can vote on who had the best draft this evening. And then we want to know, uh, did we do a better job than the real conferences? Do, should the three of us be in charge of conference realignment? rather than the current conference commissioners. So that can be our, our open-ended question, I guess, for the, the episode here, that if you answer, you can get on a future question and answer time segment. 
Um, so, uh, listeners, that's right. You can vote just simply by scrolling down. If you're listening on Spotify, it's right there in the episode description. If you're not on Spotify again, but you do have the Spotify app, there is a link you can click. It should open that right up and let you go to the episode and vote. Uh, the other thing you can do is leave us a five-star review uh, anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Again, if you leave a comment on your review, we might also read that um, uh, at the start of an episode and uh, share this episode. You got a friend that's really into college football. This is a big topic of discussion. Uh, share it with someone so they can also let us know whether they'd rather see our conferences or some of the real world conferences. So uh, last thing, guys, before we wrap it up, any good alternates that you want to bring up? We do have some big schools that we left on the table. Uh, Cameron, I know you've got a couple extra that you were thinking about mascot related. Do you want to? Yeah, well, first I'll, first I'll say um, Notre Dame I was going to take um, early, and now I regret not taking it first because it doesn't sound like y'all were going to take USC Michigan. Um, in any capacity, but I was actually going to queue up Notre Dame, BYU, nothing like some big powerhouse <laughs> religious schools going at it on the field. Winner decides the, the doctrine of, uh, of, uh, of God is <laughs> we'll queue it up that way. You know, I mean, way this this one is li- going to be real upset. <laughs> I couldn't find a good Protestant football school. <laughs> so, Presbyterian. Um, yeah. <laughs> who who there's there's a school is just presbyterian <laughs> they're not very good at football so. no i don't even know if they have a football team they probably not yeah team. i, I think S, S, smu maybe would be one but uh um, yeah, yeah but yeah i was gonna cue that one up that baylor. one is literally baylor baylor's one yeah but this one is like you know two you know very very yeah. uh uh, so that that one's going to get very political very fast. It's going to get very uh, very bad in the uh, tabloids. Um, I think the other one, um, uh, the mascots. I'll say them real quick because I'm going to need to discuss them. I was thinking UTSA uh, and then South Dakota State. That's the Roadrunner versus the Coyote. Thought that one would be kind of cute. <laughs> um, and then I thought ECU versus Navy pirates versus the midshipmen that'd be a nice little um animated graphic you could have there um yeah and then i think the only other one that was non-mascot related um i thought about doing uh west virginia and virginia and just call it the civil war you know another history reference there as west virginia broke off from virginia um during the civil war uh so yeah that's what i had yeah uh you know, I was trying to get Georgia in there um, as another school just to get a nice SEC blue blood on the team. And I just couldn't think of a great rivalry. I mean, if I, if you want to go classic rivalry, I could have gone Auburn and Georgia. Uh, but I just don't like Auburn very much. So I just don't want them in my conference. Um, so I, you know, uh, eschewed that one. And then... Um, uh, I thought about maybe putting Georgia with Colorado, but then I thought having that nice little, uh, a couple of, a couple of similar trips around the West coast made more sense, put Washington in there. So I didn't have a great pick to go with Georgia, which is why I didn't end up, uh, picking it. Until I knew Cameron was going to draft basketball schools. I was thinking of Kentucky versus Duke. And it was going to be the wouldn't you rather play basketball bowl? Um, <laughs> I don't know what the what was going to happen to the loser, of course, because that's that's how you get the viewers. 
they should uh, they should actually play a football but with a basketball yes and <laughs> coach k and uh calipari are also coaching the football team so um but that that was one i really wanted to get on there so i was a little bummed i thought about replacing those with like louisville and north carolina but i didn't think it'd be the same um yeah. i'm not interested in either of those schools to be honest basketball or football so um, I do like the North Carolina blue. I gotta say, I think it's, if we're it talking is, yeah. uniform colors, uh, the pale blue looks nice. But sometimes they wear the actual Tar Heel helmet with the foot on it, and I just don't <laughs> understand that at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the mascot could use some work. I I have not uh, seen that Tar Heel helmet. I'm, oh wow! There's a foot on there. Yeah, it's an alt. It's like a dark blue helmet, I believe, with like a light blue foot. So... It looks like a horrible child's like <laughs> yes. like graphic. So I did. I did think about like worst logos because I knew mascots was probably going to be done at some point, but I just couldn't think of any other than North Carolina. To be honest, because I I always remember that football helmet so bad. You could go with like most confused mascot schools. So you got your North Carolina's the Tar Heels, but then they just have a goat because what is you know what is a Tar Heel? And then you know Auburn with the War Eagle Tigers dynamic, or uh, you know maybe Ole Miss, who it's unclear what their mascot actually is. Isn't it a shark? Is it wasn't it a shark for a little bit? Yeah, or something. No, but nobody like uses the land shark on anything. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's a little, uh, little you know identity crisis. uh, Schools, I guess. Nebraska, they 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 they, their mascot carries a football around, but Nebraska doesn't really play football, so. Yeah. Well, they they have two mascots, and neither of them make sense for Cornhuskers. What do you mean, Herbie? Herbie and uh, And Little Red? Little Red. Red. What is up with that? Neither of them are that great, yet they have two of them. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, they're like, um, okay, guys, nobody's really digging our mascot. Okay, well, let's just make two of them to make it clear. (laughs) That way we can be double clear about what we're about. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Nate, thanks for coming by again. Um, can I ask, is that your house or are you in a hotel? Uh, we are currently with the in-laws while trying to buy a house. Oh man. So. I was about to say, you have a very older look of designing your place. <laughs> it's kind of, I was like, is that like a hotel lobby hard work or something? Um, no, it's, I am in the basement. Also had to request my father-in-law to not sit down here and watch football tonight so wow it's you guys are you're lucky i got you in to be this honest is, this is unbelievable <laughs> this is unbelievable that's uh Def- that's some dedication i was gonna say definitely the most anyone has done to be on the show so because usually uh, people are trying to do a lot to get out of being on the show that's right and you're yes, over here me. you're cashing in favors with your in-laws well oh, i told them about the the five-time gift ahead and then maybe mm. he could get in on it somehow i tell so you what we'll, all for it. we'll send you two of whatever god i hope it's not a jacket we can't afford <laughs> two jackets um but uh well great well great um maybe uh once you have the new house we'll send a complimentary mic stand or something that you, you can have you know just for you 
yeah, as long as you guys sign it, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I appreciate so, you guys having me on. You know, it's always a good time. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I know a little bit about sports. But, you know, hopefully the viewers agree. Um, we don't have our usual um, Michael who does the sign-off. Um, so I will think of a uh, pun really fast and just say... Or just call him and make him on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? I'll record something later and then I will splice it in. (laughs) This is not uh, very good to do. So we'll just say thanks right there. So so leave all that in. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Put a big, put a big silence at the end so people have to listen all the way through, and then have just a great sign off.